Friday, I was talking to a couple of business owners, partners, and they said, yeah, but if we let them work remotely, how, how do you measure productivity? How do you know they're just not goofing off? Hi, this is Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, your weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. Today, we're going to be talking about four insights on the state of productivity in 2022. So recently, we surveyed more than 200 people who self-identified as high achievers across 10 key productivity categories to find out how they're getting it all done. Now, those 10 categories were goal setting, daily rituals, energy management, sleep, work location, work hours, task management, work communication, meetings, and coworkers. And you can get the full report for free at leadto.win slash report. Leadto.win slash report. So Megan, are you ready to get into this? Yeah, I can't wait. I had the opportunity to review this report a few days ago. Oh my gosh, there are so many insights in this report. We're only going to be able to scratch the surface, but if you, like so many people in our audience, consider yourself a productivity enthusiast or you're just like, whoo, I'm having a hard time figuring out, you know, how to dial in all the things so I can get it all done or get the most important things done. You got to get this report because there are so many things you're not going to find anywhere else that might help you really get the edge in one of these areas, these 10 categories that you just listed that maybe you feel like you're struggling with or you want to optimize. So make sure to download that report. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, Your Best Year Ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscri subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug? And if are you they got on all them, of them yet? if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are gonna be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes, it's going to be fantastic. crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now. Shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code HOLIDAY10 to get all these deals and more. Okay, 
so we're gonna jump right in and we're gonna look at five insights from the survey to help you get an edge in your productivity. So dad, tell us what insight number one is. Okay, 78% of high achievers work remotely, but 69% are going back into the office at least one day per week. Now, obviously the pandemic changed everything. Even people that were resistant to remote work sometimes had no choice. I mean, during the lockdowns, you either went into remote work with your team or you didn't get any work done. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised by how much they could get done. But some people wanted to revert back to five days a week in the office. Can you explain why that doesn't work, Megan? Yeah, gosh. I I feel like those companies are, in, in many cases, really struggling right now because our team members have experienced the benefits of working from home. Things that have nothing to do with their productivity professionally, but have a lot to do with their well-being and their productivity personally. Things like, you know, I've been thinking about working at home myself, which I do some of the time. You know, I can go stick a load of laundry in when I go downstairs to get a cup of coffee. I can get the crock pot going for dinner while I'm eating lunch at the kitchen counter. You know, I'm able to let the guy in to repair the AC in between meetings, things that otherwise would have happened late at night or been the difference maker in terms of eating healthy, or maybe because I'm not commuting, I can get an exercise routine consistently implemented in my life. I mean, these are big wins for people that if they were commuting, you know, 30 minutes or more each way to a job are not on the table. And I don't think people are willing to go back again to the kind of stress of having a totally segmented life where they have to try to find time to do all these things and keep coming up short. You know, I sometimes get the objection from business owners. In fact, it happened to me on Friday. I was talking to a couple of business owners, partners, And they said, yeah, but if we let them work remotely, how how do you measure productivity? How do you know they're just not goofing off? Yeah. And I said, well, how do you know that's not happening when they're in the office? Because unless you're standing behind them or you have some kind of surveillance software hooked into their computer, you don't know. They may be scrolling Facebook or checking Instagram or shopping on Amazon or doing 101 things that aren't productive. So if you really are asking that question, you've probably got the wrong people. Now, having said that, just because you're committed to working remotely, or at least some of the time remotely, I don't think all remotely is the best option. Yeah, We subscribe to and advocate for hybrid work, where there's some of the days that you're in the office and some of the days that you're at home. But I will say this, don't focus on coming up with a bunch of rules. You've got to give people some sense of autonomy over their schedule. And I think that's what people want more than anything to know that they've got some agency over their schedule. They can work how they work. You know, in my case, I work most of the time in my studio behind the house. I go in, you know, to the office for meetings and so forth. Like I was there this morning, as you know, Megan, because we had a big meeting, but I'm working at home most of the time and I'm super productive being at home. But what's kind of your philosophy on that with our own team as you reopened the office and invited people to come back? Well, it's so interesting. I think maybe we can link to this in the show notes. We had a whole episode on hybrid work and just kind of the re-entry back into the office, you know, post 100% virtual everything. But I think what we're finding, and as I talk to my other CEO friends, what we're finding with our team members is 
People, one, want to have the autonomy to work at home. So that's a big thing for all the reasons we just talked about. But they also need connection in person. And there, yes. there are some kinds of work that are are worse done virtually, like uh, creative meetings, brainstorming meetings. I had a marketing meeting last week uh, with several members of our marketing and product teams. It was super productive. The whiteboard was going. We had like four different colors of markers, you know, and... Could we have done that with a whiteboard app on Zoom? Yeah. In terms of literally, we could have done that meeting. Would it have been as creative? Probably not. You know, there's something that happens when you're sitting in the same room with people with a whiteboard that's really valuable. In the same way, you know, you and I walked in um, from across the hall from my office to the uh, our, our co-working space in the kind of kitchen area. And there were about 10 or more people right there in the kitchen, getting their lunch, getting coffee, talking. And that's good for our team members. They were connecting with each other while they were between meetings and getting lunch and getting drinks and things like that. And and that's really important for people, for their well-being, for their sense of connectedness to the company. It's not all transactional. And I think what what we're hearing from people is one, they want autonomy, but they also don't want to have just transactional relationships with their coworkers. So we've got to find ways to have autonomy and meaningful connection. And I think the hybrid model works really well. I do too. And it, it makes me a little crazy sometimes when I see people frame this up as either or. Right. Either it's all at home or it's all in the office. And I think the best of both worlds is the right answer for I most so companies. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you have a manufacturing plant and people have to be on the line working for the whole thing to work, then you know there's not an option to do that at home. Right. But insofar as you can do it, I would suggest you do it. Right. Especially if you have knowledge workers. You know, That's what people expect now. Uh, and that creates satisfaction in your employees and engagement, which drives performance. Exactly. Okay, insight number two, 49% of high achievers work 50 plus hours per week. Meg, what do you make of this? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because in our survey, only 18% of high achievers said that they were expected to work more than 50 hours a week. So we're talking about there's some kind of explicit or implicit pressure that they need to be working 50 plus hours a week. However, and this is what's so interesting, five in 10 people do it anyway. So nobody is telling them that they need to do it, and yet they're still doing it. Isn't that fascinating? It is. And I think what's really fascinating is to pull the lid off and say, okay, what's driving that? Right. And I think part of what drives that is we do have a culture that esteems or values long work hours. Right. You know, that somehow that communicates commitment or, you know, industriousness or diligence or something and I also think it's it work is one of those places, and I hate to say this out loud, but it's one of those places that we go to escape yeah. some of the things that are less quantifiable and less measurable, like raising a family. Right. Right? That's that's one of those things that, man, sometimes you feel like it's three steps forward and four steps back. <laughs> right. And so yep. you you know, to be at work, at least you've got you can deliver a measurable result and feel good about yourself. Yeah. And I think this is largely unconscious. I don't think people do this on on purpose, but it happens anyway. I right. mean, how, how else can you explain this? Or maybe you're lonely. 
you know, and rather than feel that, you'll just find yourself working at night, you know, especially if you live alone. This is particularly, can be particularly challenging because there's not anybody saying like, you know, hey, you need to come put the kids to bed or hey, I need your help cleaning the kitchen, you know, or whatever. And and that can be a, a really big challenge as well. But, you know, this is why at Full Focus, we advocate for the double win, winning at work and succeeding at life. We are passionate about high performance. We want our clients to have businesses that are growing and highly profitable and doing work that they love. But we also want them to have thriving personal lives. You know, we want them to have healthy marriages and healthy bodies and great relationships with their kids and friends and hobbies and all that kind of stuff. And you just can't do that if you're consistently working 50, 60, 70 hours a week um, because it takes time to attend to the other areas of your life. So we really want uh, to focus on teaching people to achieve more by doing less uh, which is is a big focus of our work for this reason, because it just, you know, this is not sustainable. You know, one of the things I wrote about in my book, Free to Focus, was that after about 40 hours of work per week, your productivity actually begins to go down. So in other words, for every unit of energy that you expend, you're not getting back a unit of productivity. That mm. starts to go down after about 40 hours. And then there's this thing called the rule of 55 that says after 55 hours, you're actually going backwards. You're undoing wow. what you've done. And so I I think one of the hacks that I, I learned from my very first executive coach was he said, you need to set a hard boundary around your work. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And in those days, this seemed heroic, though now looking back on it, it, it still wasn't enough. But I set a boundary where I said, I'm going to quit work at 6 p.m. every day. And I'm going to go home and I'm not going to crack my laptop until the next morning. Huh. Well, what happened before I established that boundary is that my work would just expand to the time allotted for it. It's kind of like the reverse of Parkinson's law. Mm -hmm. My work would expand to the time allotted for it. So if I thought to myself, hey, I can stay here till seven or eight at night, guess what? I goofed off more. I had more of those water cooler discussions where I wasn't really accomplishing that much. And I just kind of, you know, wasn't focused like I needed to be. Suddenly, when I had a hard boundary, a hard stop time, I got really focused. I got my my priorities were identified early and I stayed on them till I got them done. So I, I really think that's the key is to having a hard boundary. It'll make you more productive. Yeah, I think that's so helpful. I've done that in my own life with picking my kids up from school. You know, we were talking just right before we started this episode about, you know, how I was doing on time because we recorded another episode right before. I said, I'm good, but I got to leave at 2.30 to go pick up Jonah from school, you know, and that's that's usually the time that I am in the car. And, you know, otherwise there's going to be a sad little boy <laughs> waiting at school with no mom to pick him up. So that really helps me hem things in and I'll do calls and stuff on the way. So I, I work till about three, but um, that, that has proven to be very helpful creating that hard stop over the years. You know, it really is interesting in a lot of places, particularly in Europe, they've been experimenting with shorter work weeks. Uh-huh. And in almost every case, there's been a boost to productivity. Hmm. And so I think that's that's something to to watch. But I really do think more than about 40 hours a week for most people, and I get that there are seasons when you kind of have to go out of balance, you're going to be working 50 or 60 or 70 hours. But the thing you can't do is convince yourself that that temporary situation is temporary when in fact you roll right into another temporary situation. And over time, that becomes permanent. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Well, 
What I remember from the report is there are so many more insights about how much people are working and it's not exactly what you think. So I just wanna remind you guys, you definitely wanna get this free report. There are so many insights that will help you improve your own productivity and you can find that at lead2.win slash report. Marissa, I cannot tell you how excited I am for your best year ever live coming up January 5th. Yes, I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Yes, this is the event that you would want to come attend if you're just like, man, I want to look at how well did I do in the past, but I also want to set myself up for success to have, like we call it in the title, your best year ever. This is the event you want to be at. We have thousands of people coming to this event already. And you and I will be emceeing this event. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement to come join us to make it a great year for you. Now, in order for you to receive it, all you have to do is buy the full focus goal setting course and you get a ticket to your best year ever. Yes. And the best part is that that course is 25% off right now. So uh, you're going to get a discount and a ticket to the live event, which is normally $197. That's a killer so deal. It's a killer deal. It's a no brainer in my opinion. Um, but definitely join us. It's going to be so much fun. January 5th, it's totally virtual. So no matter where you are in the world or, um, you know, whether you can get on a plane or not, don't worry about it. You don't have to, you can do this from the comfort of your own home and we'll be right there. Yeah. And just imagine having your goals already set for the entire year and a plan to execute them. Yeah. That's worth all the money that you can. And the best part, it's a free event for you if you buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course. Yes. All right. Well, we would love to see you there. So make sure to go to fullfocusstore.com and take advantage of this deal. We'd love to see you at your best driver live. Okay, dad, what's insight number three? Okay, it's 35% of high achievers feel most energized between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. So let me start with this. Does this ring true to you? Uh, 100%. Do you think, here's the big question. Do you think that's because of your particular chronotype? Do you think we attract people with a certain chronotype? And maybe we should explain that, yeah. that term. So there's two books that talk about chronotypes, and they're trying to get at when's the best time to do your work. And their premise, this is both Daniel Pink, he has a book called When, and then there's another book by Michael Bruce, and that's called The Power of When. But both of those books address this issue of when, based on your personality type, should you do your work? And some people like to do their work in the morning. Some people do it midday. Some people do it late into the night. I don't know if it's just because, you know, we attract those people that do their best work in the morning, or if it's more true than that across the board for high achievers, but it definitely rings true for me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one it is, but I I, personally, this definitely resonates with me. I think if I didn't have young kids, I could probably get up and start working at like five in the morning and be done by lunchtime, you know, and that would be a great schedule for me. Because sometimes I feel like the afternoon isn't very productive, uh, just energy-wise. However, Erin Perry on our team, who is our chief experience officer, she is like a total night owl, you know? And every now and then when she has big projects that she wants to work on, she she likes to do it at night. We have something at Full Focus called Flex Wednesdays where people can decide what time of day they want to work. 
And she will often work at night because she likes that that time for her own productivity, which makes me think, and obviously it's totally anecdotal, but it makes me think that there really are different types here. But I think that our culture probably leans us more toward these morning people kind of people, especially for high achievers. Yeah. And I think the thing that we have to acknowledge in this particular insight, and just to repeat it, 35% of high achievers feel most energized between 8 and 10 Mm a.m., which means that 65% don't. Right. Okay. True. So do your work when it works. So for example, in my case, because I am energized in the morning, Jim, my assistant, always uh, schedules creative work in the morning. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be at my best. That's what I'm going to be at my most creative. So anything that has to be creative, he's going to schedule in the morning. My afternoons are better for maintenance kinds of tasks or things where I, I don't have to do something that's that's that creative. And so all I would say is figure out when your most creative time is and use that to your advantage. Because the truth is you only get a few of those hours every day and not all time is created equal. And so whatever works best for you, don't let those early morning risers shame you into thinking that you have to get everything done first thing in the morning. And I got to tell you with my own kids, Megan, you can attest to this, that um, I shamed my girls into thinking that unless they were early morning riders, they were slackers. And one of my daughters in particular, I really gave her a hard time for years and she just does her best work at night. And so finally, when I, you know, became aware of chronotypes, I had to repent, ask for (laughs) forgiveness and just say, look, honey, you're like one of the most productive people I know. You just work when you work best. Forget everything I've said while you were growing up. Get therapy, whatever, get over it. (laughs) But you can work whenever you need to work. (laughs) Uh, That's hilarious. I think shaming might be a strong word. I think you probably encouraged. I don't know if I'd go all the way. I was like, whoa. (laughs) I don't know. I think if you ask her. I think if you ask her, she might say it was shaming. Okay. Well, this is this is what happens when you have a big family. You have, you know, in our case, five different kids with, you know, five different interpretations of what happened. So that's probably pretty Man, that's what one of the things I tell parents is, you know, you need to save for college for your kids. You need to save for weddings, particularly if they're girls in our culture. And you need to save for a therapy fund. Right. Right? All three of those. I just really put the therapy at the top. That's my strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, insight number four, what is it? Okay, insight number four is sleep is the most important self-care activity for 31% of high achievers, but we struggle to get enough. Yeah, amen so and amen. There's a lot that we won't be able to get to in this episode about sleep in the report. You're really going to want to get into the report for more details on this. Um, but what I kind of like what you said with the last insight about uh, when people feel energized If 31% of people feel that sleep is their most important self-care activity, way more people than that think it's not. You know, that is a really interesting thing. Like personally for me, Joel, my husband and our chief product officer is on this show kind of in the background. And he will tell you, we had a conversation about it yesterday. We were making dinner at the kitchen counter. We were making Greek salads and I was, we were talking about sleep and I'm, that is just number one for me. Like me too. Every day, all day, sleep number one till the cows come home. So, how much do you average? I uh, we well, be truthful. Okay, come on. I want to go to bed at nine. This is our whole conversation. So Joel is naturally more of a night owl. Like if we weren't married, he'd probably stay up till midnight every night. You know, whatever that chronotype is. 
I could probably go to bed at eight o'clock. We compromise and we normally go to bed around 9.30 right now, but I really wanna go to bed at nine. We get up at five so I can get a full eight hours. And uh, you know, obviously we're trying to juggle all kinds of stuff with our kids and the challenge we were just talking about. You know, there's so many things that you're trying to squeeze into your life. It feels like at some point, if you're going to bed too early, you're missing out. Um, especially if you have kids, you know, because that's the only time that's kind of quiet that you have to yourself. And so I think this is challenging and I, I really get it. I mean, we're right there in the thick of it, but in general, we, we probably get seven to seven and a half hours a night and I would, I would like to get eight. So I'm working on that. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things that, that I do because I believe in the value of sleep so much is that I have one of these aura rings. Yeah. I just ordered one. Did I tell you? You did? Yeah. That's great. So my wife, Gail, um, she kind of thought it was silly until she didn't. And she saw the results I was getting that I was more rested. I was sleeping more. My sleep was improving dramatically. And so I got her one for Christmas. She agreed to it. I got her one for Christmas. She loves it too, but we track our sleep like hawks. Now we're not neurotic about it. You know, and some people can be really neurotic about it. I'm not that. But here's what I've noticed, that when I've got good information, I can make good decisions. Yeah. So, for example, I know, I've learned since I've had the aura ring that if I eat too late at night, hmm. that it takes too long for my resting heart rate to come down. Oh. And it fights a state of sleep called deep sleep. Okay. Okay. And if I drink alcohol, you know, at night, that's going to typically have the same kind of impact or ice cream late at night. That's going to have the same kind of impact. So when you start seeing this and you start correlating the quality of your sleep with your behavior, then you can modify your behavior. Yeah. And so now I typically get between, I would say seven and a half to eight eight and a half hours. Yeah. Like today I got, last night I got six hours and 50 minutes and I was not happy about it. (laughs) That, That wasn't enough. Right. But the day before I got nine hours. Yeah. And so that was great. That's the best. So- One amazing fact about Tom Brady, there's a lot, but one amazing fact about Tom Brady, who has been able to perform into his later years, and I have to kind of chuckle when I say that because what is he, like 39 or something? I think he's 47. Is that right? Yeah. Well, anyway, whatever it is, as an NFL football player, particularly a quarterback, he's pretty old to be a quarterback and particularly to be the top performing quarterback in the NFL. Well, the secret, one of the secrets to his success, obviously has natural ability, all that kind of stuff genetically, but he sleeps nine hours a night. Yeah. And that's like a huge priority for him. Yep. And it is for me too, because I remember hearing Dan Sullivan say this. He said, have you ever noticed that when you don't get enough sleep, everybody else gets really stupid? (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's Uh, true, right? It's so true. So, So yeah, I'm more creative. I'm more resourceful. I'm more productive. All that happens when I get enough sleep. And and good sleep doesn't just happen. Right. You've got to train yourself into it. It's like any other skill. You've got to train yourself into it. You can get better if you set the intention and educate yourself. Well, and I think you also have to be clear on what you're gaining because it's a trade-off. You know, like Joel and I were talking about it's last true. night when we were making dinner. There are trade-offs. There are things you're not going to be able to do because you're going to bed earlier. And I sort of think that's where the game is won or lost. You know, it's not just about what time you get up. It's about really the the first choice is what time you're going to go to bed. And you got to be clear on that. And you got to be really clear on what you're giving up, but you also have to be clear on what you're gaining. And for example, the research about Alzheimer's and dementia related to sleep 
you know, hygiene, as they call it, is really compelling. You know, if you want to have access to your full mental faculties for as long as possible, one of the best things you can do now is sleep. Um, so, you know, it, it, interestingly, in our survey, kind of one more point on this, only four in 10 people got between seven and eight hours of sleep a night. Y'all are not sleeping enough. Truly. I mean, you, that... Ew. You need some rest, people. Y'all need some rest. Get Consider some sleep. this your permission slip for a good night's sleep. And, you know, I'm excited to try that Aura Ring. By the way, it's O-U-R-A um, if you're interested in that. But, you know, we we talk a lot about this in our book, When It Work and Succeed at Life, because we are so passionate about sleep as a performance strategy. If you really want to perform at your best, if you want to be the Tom Brady of your world, you know, if you, you've got to have your, your mind and body in tip-top shape and sleep is the way to do that. Okay. Before we leave this topic, we have got to talk about one of my favorite topics. Oh, I can't wait. But I'm not sure that we're aligned on this. <laughs> and that is the power of napping. <sighs> napping, people. No, okay. we're not. So- I kind of grew up in an environment where I always felt a little bit guilty taking a nap. And I think that that's a lot of people. That if you're taking a nap, it must be because you're, you know, a sluggard. And, Is that and you just a real need word? to get <laughs> sluggard? Is that like a Bible word? It's a Bible word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It just means you're slothful. I'm just going to start saying that to my kids. Okay. Don't be a sluggard. Yeah. Shame's underrated. Anyway. <laughs> so, I, I And to just to give you permission, first of all, some of the most accomplished people in the history of the world, we know were nappers. People like Winston Churchill, right? People like John F. Kennedy, people like Ronald Reagan. And there's probably a whole raft of them. I got a blog post, we'll link to it, where I talk about a bunch of these people who were chronic, serial, compulsive nappers. Now, a lot of people will say to me, people particularly that are your age, Megan, and younger, they'll say, oh, I'd like to take a nap. But honestly, it, I, I wake up worse than when I went to sleep. I wake up yeah. totally groggy. That's because your nap's too long. I'm a professional napper. I know I'm talking from a place of expertise, okay? <laughs> so I sleep 20 minutes, and I have trained myself to sleep 20 minutes and rarely longer than 20 minutes. But it's an acquired skill. And even if I just lay there and can't go to sleep, and in the early days, when I started napping, I had a hard time falling asleep. But I trained myself, I can go out in about three minutes. In fact, that's one of the biggest criticisms that I get on the aura ring is that I fall to sleep too fast. They call it sleep latency. Wait a second, but wait a second. That's the thing we're worried about? I know, exactly. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I should be getting like double stars for that. What, wait, seriously though, why is that a problem? I've ne I, never until this moment have I ever heard about that. I've always thought the problem was it takes too long. Well, here's here's what they say, like Aura gives you these prompts. And one of the things it'll say is if you look at sleep latency, it's basically if you fall asleep that fast, it means you're too tired and uh, you're not getting enough sleep in general. Really? Yeah. So Okay, I cannot I, wait to get this ring. I feel like we're gonna need to do an aura ring episode. <laughs> After I, I get we mine, we'll get all the people that have them on. We'll do a whole episode. You know who told me about this? Lisa Hiscock. Beh besides you, Lisa Hiscock, my trainer. We were talking about, I was telling her that I was having a little trouble doing cardio, that I was feeling just like it was harder than it should be. And she said, do you have an aura ring? And I said, no, I've got an Apple Watch, you know, and I really use that well. And she said, I think you should see what it tells you about your sleep, because that might be the problem. And I was like, okay, Lisa for the win. We'll put her info in the show notes, by the way, because if you're looking for a virtual trainer, she is the best. We've used her for years and years. We love her. But anyway, 
I, I did not even know we, we needed to be worried about falling asleep too quickly. Well, I, I just, I want to say one last thing about naps, but um, I have taken a nap because some people say, well, yeah, you're just, you're privileged. You can take a nap because you own your own business. Look, I have taken a nap almost every day since before I started college in every job context, including in college, working at a small engine shop, working in situations where I didn't have a private office, working in the executive suite, working as the CEO of a really big company, and even now. And I've done that in every context, 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. And it's possible. You just got to get creative about it and you got to find a place to do it. But it is so worth it. And Winston Churchill, I think, was the one that said that uh, a nap actually turns one day into two days because he then finds himself uber productive in the afternoon after he's taken a nap. And that's the case for me. All right. Well, once again. You convinced? I might be. I will tell you, I love to nap. I mean, Joel will tell you. On a Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, my best weekend is I get a nap on Saturday and Sunday. But I'm like the kind of person that wants to get in my in my pajamas. I want to make the room dark. I want to get really cold. I want to turn the fan on, turn the noisemaker. I got a whole thing, you know, like I, I want to be out for like two to three hours. That is my holy grail. I don't normally get to do that now, but at least like an hour and a half. So this is this is not really like power napping. This is like marathon napping. Well, I don't I don't know what to do. I've I've tried to set the best example I know for you. <laughs> I've tried to exhort you. <laughs> You're still, still. napping. Come on. <laughs> uh, You're doing it wrong. I know. I know. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a try. Maybe I'll give it a try. All right. Let's go back over these four insights that we got from the report. Again, you guys can get the report at lead2.win forward slash report. Download the full report. It'll give you so many ideas. In fact, I would download it and talk with my team about it and say, what could we do as a team to make our team even more productive? But four insights, insight number one, 78% of high achievers work remotely, but 69% are going back into the office at least one day per week. What does that mean for your team? Insight number two, 49% of high achievers work 50 plus hours per week. Insight number three, 35% of high achievers feel most energized between 8 and 10 a.m. And then inside number four, my favorite, as if you couldn't tell, sleep is the most important self-care activity for 31% of high achievers, but we struggle to get enough. Megan, any final thoughts? Well, you know, I I think there are so many uh, tips and tricks in this report. It's not just a report on kind of the current state of affairs for people on productivity in these 10 categories. We've also given a lot of our best tips and tricks around how you can optimize. Um, So I think there's there's a lot that will be beneficial to you there. But, you know, you often uh, reference that quote that you can't improve what you don't measure. I think that's how it goes. And what I love about this report and just going through the findings is that it kind of gives us a baseline of what's normal, what what is happening with most folks that would be like us, you know, kind of in this high achiever category. And there are really so many small ways that we can optimize our productivity in these 10 categories. It doesn't have to be big, dramatic shifts. I mean, for some of us, 
right. An extra 30 minutes or hour of sleep is what we need. We don't need like five more hours. You know, we just need a little bit more. We just need to be thinking about when we do our best work. You know, we just need um, maybe a little more autonomy in where we do our work uh, or, or whatever, you know, in these categories. And I think once we have that measurement as a baseline and we have some ideas for how to make these little tweaks, we can make significant improvement with relatively little effort. So that's what gets me excited. I just, I think you guys are going to love reading this report and finding yourself in it. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of Lead to Win. We look forward to being with you next time. Until then, nap to win. Nap to win. I want, I want that podcast. <laughs> I'd like to nap to win right now. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes. We can act. Okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, and we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, your best year ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscri subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug? And if are you got them, them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are gonna be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes, it's going to be fantastic. crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now. Shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code HOLIDAY10 to get all these deals and more.